You're listening to audio from the Decidedly Podcast. For more information, find us on Instagram at Decidedly Podcast. So I made a, uh, I made a good decision. All right. All right. It's rare for you. All right. So what'd you say? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) I said that's rare for you. I went and got my yearly physical. Oh, I know. But I had skipped it during the, uh, the pandemic went and. So this is your now, this is like a once every five years thing that you're doing. (laughs) Well, I do. I put it off. Uh, because it's not my favorite thing to go okay. do, right? But when I, did you start going annually? Probably ten years ago. Okay, so that's something that I can wait on. Yeah, you could. You could. Well, you're gonna want to wait when I tell you this story. Oh, okay. the I, I I get the doctor, and I've had mm-hmm. this doctor for a while, and part of the service is that he does an annual workup for you, right? So yeah. you got to go get uh, blood and urine. You got to go to lab. You got to wait. Oh, God. I know it's a whole thing. And then you go in and they do, they measure all this stuff about you and you know, the whole thing. And then, and then he spends a good 45 minutes talking about here are the results. And here's, that's a, that's a much more in depth than most people are getting with their annual physical. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, so I, I do this every year and he tells me, Hey, you, you know, your cholesterol's doing this or your, uh, you know, your blood pressure's doing yeah. this or whatever. All right. So he's telling me all these things and tells me what to, you know, what to do about it. So it's good. So the, the least fun part of that, one of the unfun parts is going and getting my blood drawn. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I hate that. I've got a history uh-huh. of that not going well for me. Right. It, how, did I ever tell you the story? <laughs> so years ago, Mom was working. There was somebody at the office that uh, their kid needed like a bone marrow transplant. It was like it's one of these horrible things, oh, right? Man. I know. And so she was like, "Hey, you know, do you want to get tested to see if you're a donor?" Right. Well, you can't say no to that. I mean, you have to. You have to do that. Would you save my kids. Right. Life? Would you like to save my kid? Uh, so, I don't like needles. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, oh, yes, of course, I'll go. <laughs> I'll go do this. Get out of that. Right. And and I don't. I. I was not looking forward to it because the last time I had given blood, which was Mm -hmm. like in high school uh, for some blood drive, Mm -hmm. I passed out. Yes. And a curse you, uh, you transferred to me. Yes. So in front of my friends, I pass out uh, in high school, right? Which is the not, not good. No, not great. So anyway, so I had that in my, my memory. So I go and uh, give blood or get, you know, they draw blood to see if you're match, whatever it is. All right. So on that day, I have people at my office that I've paid consultants that I've paid. I've flown them in. They're there all day. Right. So I'm paying these guys a lot of money. And I say to them at lunch, I said, oh, we're going to take an hour lunch. By the way, I have to run and go do this little blood test thing. You know, I'll be right back. We'll meet you back here. Okay. No big deal. So I drive downtown. I go to the office and they have the testing stuff on the top floor, like the 35th floor of this Mm. building downtown. So I go and I sit down and they're going to do the the blood test. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're drawing a fair amount of blood. All right. It's a, it's a good five gallon jug of of this blood that they're going to draw out. And they've got a needle that's like the size of a pencil. Right. Okay. So thick. 
it's it's big, right? Yeah. And so they they put you, you know, you're sitting in the chair, and she jabs me with this needle to draw out uh, the blood. I know, yeah. I know, okay. mm-hmm. to draw out the blood. That's the last thing I remember. <laughs> you're a grown man. I'm a grown man <laughs> in front of my spouse's work colleagues yeah. right yeah all right at the top floor of this building downtown all right so the next thing i remember that i'm laying on this couch and they're saying my name you know like a shot me on mr smith you know they're waking me up and i'm like oh okay all right you, you got the blood you're like and i look at my watch i'm like i gots to go i have yeah. i have people at my office that i've paid yeah who are wait i gotta go i i i, I gotta go so they're like, well, you really should, you know, sit here for a while and maybe, you know, just take some time, have a cookie, have a juice, you know, whatever. I'm like, I don't, I don't have time. I got to go. <laughs> so I get, I get on the elevator, 35th floor, hit mm-hmm. lobby, right? I'm going down and about midway down, uh, deciding to get up and leave. I recognize was a major decision. <laughs> okay, so poor decision. Lightheaded. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah, oh yeah. And so it's going ding, ding, ding. You know, so I hit. I just hit the next floor, right? Yeah. Right, floor twenty, right? Door opens. I'm gonna, you know, make a break to the bathroom or whatever. And I, I, I don't make it that far. I make Ooh. it into the elevator lobby, mm-hmm. and there's a trash can there at the elevator lobby, and I, and I just, bleh, just throwing up mm-hmm. into this trash can, the elevator lobby, or so I thought, uh, it was not an elevator lobby. This elevator opened right into the offices of a law firm. <laughs> <laughs> they had the whole floor. Oh, they had the whole floor. <laughs> so, <laughs> you just like, it's basically like busting in someone's front door of their house and going, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's exactly, it's exactly right. <laughs> Exactly. Sorry, it was an emergency. Bye. <laughs> so I, I, I threw up and I just look over at this receptionist and she and her eyes are you know, expanded. And she's like, what is, are you, sir? I'm like, and so what do you do? You just go like, sorry. And I just get back on the elevator. Got, go a, got a blast. <laughs> like, uh, uh, I'm out of here. Out of here. So it, Anyway, that's a diversion. But I, so I, I go and I. I've got to <laughs> so get, you're talking about your physical. I'm talking about my physical. So, right. I, so I go and I've got to get the blood test and the urine, the whole bit. All right. So that's not the worst part about it. Yeah. The worst part is after spending an hour that they, they've got to examine you. Okay. <clears throat> and, and you'll learn about this as you get older. There's a point in your life. That's what they say. Where you get examined. Mm-hmm. Right. And so you've got to, you've got to in a new way, right? You've got to drop trowel. Mm-hmm. And my doctor, who's I've been going to for 10 years, 75 year old guy, great doctor, knows his business. And I'm it's, wondering where the decision's coming in. Oh, this. it is so uncomfortable. So anyway, see, so okay. you've got to do that. And then he turns into Dr. Jellyfinger. You got to turn around. <laughs> Don't ever and, say that again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you've got to yeah no i know i get it i get it i thought yeah. put, uh-huh. your, put your hands on the table but uh-huh. you don't put your hands on the table you gotta put your elbows on the table which is way worse <laughs> right and and he examines okay. you all right okay so the point is i'm getting to the point of the story are so, you yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I've been doing that. It's my least favorite thing in the world yeah. to do, but I've been doing it for 10 years, you know, and, and my doctor <laughs> retires, right? Uh-huh. He's 75 years old. He, okay. He retires and they get a new doctor. Okay. So the new doctor is this, it's bad enough for the 75 year old guy that I've known for 10 years. The new doctor is this young, pretty little blonde woman. Oh, the worst of all yeah, those yes, combinations. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so, it's, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is worse. Uh-huh. This is, this is worse. And, and by the way, so I, I told this. I want the old man back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah I thought that was worse. This was worse. Yeah. And so I was, I was telling this to mom, by the way, and she, and she kind of rolls her eyes like, oh, you know, poor baby. You know, you know, like, she's <laughs> no, you have no sympathy for it. She's the most sympathetic person I know. And she's like, shut up. You know, nah, you don't know that you don't know how humiliating that is. Right. And so I, I'm stalling. I mean, we're mm-hmm. having our meeting and she's going through my numbers. Right. And we're getting to the end of the meeting. And, and you know this is coming. And I know it's coming. She mm-hmm. knows it's coming. And uh, all of a sudden she goes, well, all right, uh, we're good. And I was like, okay. And uh, she goes, oh, by the way, you know, your PSA numbers are just fine. So we don't have to, you know, we just, we'll just use those. We don't have to do the, uh, the exam, let's say. Uh-huh. And I was like, wait, what? And uh, she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we don't have to do that. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> Are you telling me that for 10 years I've been having this done and I did not need to? This is an optional. She goes, oh, yeah, you know, Dr. So-and-so, you know, he's pretty old school. <laughs> <laughs> That's so- <laughs> He he would do, the, you know, he, he really believed in doing it, you know, the old way, but, you know, kind of most doctors don't do that. I said, you're, you're kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> she, she looks at me. She goes, now, sir, it is a service we can provide. I said, who would want that? <laughs> She she looks at me and she goes, You'd be surprised. Oh no. <laughs> so, so, so anyway, that was my good decision recently is my is my get my exam done. Okay. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. So <laughs> So I have uh, I have questions for you today off off Reddit that I pulled because I I know okay. you I know you love we're gonna help some people make their make good decisions make their decision. they're stuck in the valley of indecision yes and um, we will guide them toward the right path oh you will we're gonna, yeah, yeah we're, I'm gonna, gonna make I'm gonna make your choices for you okay these are from the Reddit subreddit make my choice so the first one is from icy job 4623 cool it was should i take girlfriend's advice my girlfriend has asked me to wear a suit and tie every day for a month as kind of a dare or challenge should i go along with it okay that's that's it that's I'm sorry. A, yeah he's got no he didn't expand on that or anything 
That's all, that's all he got. Really? Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna make an assumption here. I've got an answer for you. All right. I'm assuming that doesn't sound like something that I would dare someone to do as a gag. Uh-uh. That doesn't sound like oh, it'd be funny. You know, I dare you to go jump that fence, or I dare you to I dare you to go swim across that freezing pond. No, that's the that's the dare or insistence oh, of someone you're who thinking it's a hint who someone needs some self-improvement work uh and and i think she's looking out for your best interest there bud and uh it's probably good for you so take a good hard look at how you're how you're dressing and how you're carrying yourself um if that seems strange to you to wear a suit every day for a month um, then that means you're probably dressing pretty far off from a suit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, wouldn't hurt. Wouldn't hurt. The way that we carry ourselves is important. The way that we carry ourselves, it matters a lot. I was actually telling this, telling um, someone about my experience just a couple of days ago. I remember when I was young, like early college age, I came home from a, um, Oh, like a concert or something. I don't remember where I was. And I had just a terrible service experience somewhere. And I was telling you about it. Yes. And I said, oh my gosh, you'll never believe how the cashier treated me. They were so rude. You know, they forgot my order. They overcharged me. They ignored me at, at the front. They didn't say hello. They did all the things to make you mad during a service yeah. experience, yeah. right? Just, oh, horrible. And I wasn't even demanding of anything. Like I just wanted to be treated like a regular customer. And it was, it was awful. And you said, huh, you tell a lot of these stories. <laughs> That's and I was I like, this. what? You go, yeah, like, this doesn't ever happen to me. And I don't know if you made this following comment or if it was something that I realized on my own. But I sat there and I go, well, damn, why yeah. <laughs> is he getting a different treatment than me? Right. We act generally the same. Uh -huh. We speak generally the same. Okay. So what is different between me and my dad that's causing us to get such different treatment? Well, it was how we were dressing. You know, most of the time at that point in my life, I wasn't dressing nice. I didn't have a professional job. I wear jeans and a t-shirt uh -huh. and a okay. ball cap out. And you weren't. Right. <laughs> you know, right. you're dressing like a professional man. And and so I, I, I started to dress better after that. And I'd stopped having... That's interesting. I stopped having that experience. That's interesting. People will treat you with the respect that you treat yourself. Mm -hmm. If you're, if you carry yourself poorly, you know, you don't comb your hair, you don't shave, you don't wear clean clothes. Yeah. You're gonna, you're probably not going to get the treatment that you might think you deserve, or, you know, you think you deserve poor treatment. So wearing a suit and tie, there's a reason it's the uniform of the business world. So there's a uh, there's a book called The Power of Persuasion by uh, Robert Cialdini, and he mentions one of the things he mentions in there. It's a really good book. Uh, is around social proof, and they did an experiment where they got in New York City at uh, stoplights or crosswalks. Yeah, and they had some guy that was just dressed in normal, not dressed very nicely, try and cross against the light, <clears throat> and not that many people followed this guy. Yeah, right? and then they did. They went to the mm -hmm. exact same crosswalk, same time of day. They had a that same guy and they dressed him in a suit and tie mm -hmm. and he crossed against the crosswalk. Everybody <clears throat> followed him. 
That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, follow. yeah. So anyway, yeah. so dude. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say go for it. It's probably gonna benefit you. Accept the challenge. You assume that your girlfriend has your best interests at heart. Um, and dress well. Take care of yourself. Look clean. Look nice. Look put together. You'll be better off for it. All right. You ready right. for your next one? Yeah. All right. right. So this is from Blathers 5 Eva. More money plus fully remote or pursue my dreams, sort of, is what it says. More money. More money plus fully remote or pursue my dreams, Can sort you translate of. Translate that from internet speak to English, please. Here, here we go. Hi, I need some help choosing between two career options right now. I'm quite at a career crossroads. Basically, I have one job to offer in social media and one job offer to be a video editor at a professional production studio. Uh, most of my work experience is in social media, all kind, uh, and I kind of hate working in social media. <laughs> I've worked on video editing as part of my social media job, TikTok, et cetera, and I've always loved the editing part a lot more. This editing job at a production studio is really rare it would be a huge career move for my video editing however as the job title states the social media job is a lot more money and fully remote which i love working remote while i do hate social media i think i would probably work my way up to a marketing director position someday Uh, if i did i'd probably make a lot more money than i would ever make as a video editor you got job a Uh pays very well don't really like the work Uh but the environment might be all right Uh job b Pays, pays less, love the work. Yeah. It's an easy choice. It's an easy choice. Before you make the choice, you got to ask yourself this question. How much money does it cost to give up on your dreams? Ooh, that's good. How much money does it cost? Is it millions of dollars or is it a $5,000 a year annual salary? Yeah. Is that it? Um, and for a lot of people, it is. For a lot of people... <clears throat> Uh, $5,000, $10,000, a little bit more money here. I get an hourly increase in my base pay uh, of, of a couple bucks. And so I'll do a job that I don't like. Okay. You, that's selling your soul for some money. Um, and I, I don't think that works out well for most people. Uh, I think that most people that you look at, that you meet in your life, that look miserable, that have sunken eyes, that can't seem to smile at a joke, (laughs) those people who hate their jobs, I think that they pursued the wrong things for the wrong reasons. And pursuing a career path purely for the money, uh, you're going to be disappointed because it's something that you're going to have to do. You said something to me one time when I was younger. You said, you, um, whatever career you choose, you become that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are you talking about? You're like, well, if you become a financial advisor, you start reading financial advisor magazines. Yeah. You start listening to radio shows. You start right. having conversations about these topics. And that's who you become. Yeah. And so if you choose a career, you become that career. If you're a you choose to become a doctor, you become a doctor. And one day you wake up and you go, holy crap, I spend 90% of my time being a doctor. I guess I'm a doctor, right? you know, <laughs> I guess I'm a guy who talks about health all the time. Right. And, and, and uh, puts jelly on my fingers. Or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, so if you choose something that you don't like, you become someone who doesn't like what they do. Yeah. Whoa, geez, man. I don't want to become someone that doesn't like what I do all the time. Oh, for sure. I don't want to become someone. I don't want to become a graphic designer if I'm not a graphic designer, if I don't want to be like the other graphic designers that I know. If the lifestyle that the people are living in the industry that I'm pursuing 
for the money aren't living how I'm living, how, how I want to live, well, then I, I need to stay away from that and pursue something that's more in alignment with how I want to see myself in the future. So no, take the, don't take the job that is paying you more. I understand that most, not everyone is in a situation where they're able to pursue something based purely on what their passions are. Um, you know, maybe you got kids, you got wife, you got debt, you got a family. Um, maybe you do have to factor in the money a little bit more than I am in this diatribe. By and large, if you have the freedom to make the choice, if you're asking the question like you are on Reddit, um, and you're grappling with it, and it's you're not forced to make purely a mathematical decision, then you need to go with go with what you're passionate at. And over time, you will be more likely to put in the extra work to develop the skills to have positive energy around the work that you're doing, which can carry you towards making more money long term. Right. And and the reverse is true as well. If you're taking a job you don't like, then you're not going to have a passion around it. You're not going to spend time learning and getting better and building your competencies. And the other people who do love it are going to bypass you and take the positions and take the jobs mm -hmm. from you and you're going to lose money. Exactly. Yep. All right. Good. I like your answer. All right. Uh, next one from beautiful stay eight zero six five. What should I do law or SWE next fall? I'm accepted to start at a very good law school. One of the top 20 in the country, uh, of good scholarship, 105,000 a year, but I'll still be 150,000 in debt when I graduate. Jeez. That's a lot. I really want to be an attorney and I know that I'll find the work interesting and fulfilling, <laughs> but the high paying jobs are genuinely soul sucking. They typically average 50 to 70 hours of work per week, but you get paid 235,000 your first year and 530 by your eighth. All right. Alternatively, I could work towards becoming a software, here it is, software engineer. That's SWE, I guess. Okay. Uh, I have a close family member who's done this successfully. I'm confident that I could be making 180,000 a year within five years. I don't think I'll enjoy the work as much, but uh, being an attorney, but the hours are much more humane, right? Uh, then... Then, uh, then they add, I also have a new baby and I'm concerned that the law school attorney grind will make me miss most of her childhood. I've spoken with several attorneys who regret how much they work and said that uh, the money wasn't worth missing much of their children's lives as they were forced to. Right. Okay. So what should they do? Great. Right. Similar. It's similar to the last question, but different. Uh -huh. Okay. Now on one hand, what, everything that I already said about money is true. You got one pathway that you're more confident that you'll like. It pays you less money. Another one that you think you're probably not going to like, but it pays you more money. The gap in, in, well, in income there is big. The gap in income from 180 to 230 uh -huh. is larger than the average household income in the United States. Right. So that kind of sounds like, oh, it's the same ballpark, 180 to 230, right? Right. Right. Well, you got a, an entire average family between you and right. <laughs> between software engineer and, and attorney in this e example. So that's big. At the same time, I want to highlight how much the money was was uh, referenced in that post. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot about the money, and that uh, there wasn't a lot about the quality, the type of the work, the work environment, the future. Um, Growth and development. I mean, yes, he says, well, I think confidently one day I can maybe be making 180. So there's some kind of uh, ode to the future there. But 
But where are you going to be five years after you make this choice? Where are you going to be 10 years after you make this choice? Where are you going to be 30 years after you make this choice and you've chosen to do something that you didn't evaluate based on how much you enjoy it? You evaluate based on the money that you're making. Some of the most unhappy people I know are attorneys. And I think it's not because the work of attorneys is so terrible. I think it's not because the people that choose to be attorneys are 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 generally less happy than people who don't. I think it's because it's one of those careers where people are most, it can easily be sucked in by the money because the offers are so great right out of oh, school. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, not a lot of it, teachers aren't getting sucked into being teachers not because not doing it for the, the money. money. Right. So, but attorneys do, and people will just like this guy, ah, I've got, I've got an opportunity to be a software engineer. I really, really like that. I kind of, I kind of enjoy that stuff and, and I can see myself doing it, but geez, you know, an extra $50,000 a year to go do something. I don't know if, well, okay. How are you, how is that going to play out for you? How are you going to enjoy yourself? You're going to have to spend time with yourself every day in a life that wasn't necessary, wasn't aligned and best suited for your strength. So I, I would still say, again, it's not a mathematical choice. It's a choice about your own fulfillment. Mm -hmm. And if you're choosing, if you're choosing to pursue earthly things, if you're choosing to pursue money, you're going to be unfulfilled. What was he saying? He was saying about the, the law uh, he, he said 50 to 70 hours a week. Yeah. 50 to 70 hours a week. You get paid two thirty-five, but by the eighth year, make okay. it five thirty. So here's what I would say to that is based on the tone of how he outlined this. Oh, you know, but you make two thirty. like that's, mm -hmm. Oh, you know, that's a consolation for doing something that I don't really like doing, which first of all, 50 to 70 hours a week. If it's something that you really like, that's nothing. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't sound like he really likes it though. Sounds like I know. If you hate it, right. that's an eternity. You might as well be in prison. If you hate what you're doing, forty right. hours a week is terrible. Right. If you love what you're doing, seventy hours a week is going to happen on its own, whether or not it's required of you. So I would also I'm going to say that two hundred thirty thousand dollars only sounds like a lot of money to someone who's never made two hundred thirty thousand dollars. Yeah. So at the same time that there's this massive gap between 180 and 230, and that surely there's a huge gap between 180 and 5, 530 yeah. or whatever he says he'll could be making one day, is that only sounds appealing if you've never been there. That only sounds like it's worth it if you've never made two hundred or three hundred or five hundred thousand dollars. Oh geez, I could do something that I don't like. Oh, 000. I see what yeah, I see what you're and, saying. And and guess what? You ask that guy when he's making five hundred thousand if he'd do something he didn't like for five million, and he would say yes again. Yeah. And then he will perpetually live a life of chasing money, all the while doing something that is is losing his soul and 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 makes him hate his own existence. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. The money is not going to make you happy. The money is not going to outweigh the lack of passion and fulfillment that you receive through your work. If you come and if the question was, hey, I like both of these paths equally, I can't really decide what I'm more interested in. Mm -hmm. And here are the pros and cons. One right. pays me less. One take the money. Yeah. Well, sure. Take the money. Yeah. You know, right. but when you're well, doing, plus, when money is leading the, the decision making 
it, it's especially with something that's so important, like your career choice, what you right. actually have to spend your dang time doing. Right. It never. And, it never and works he's also well. looking at taking out $150,000 in student loan I, I mean, just I, to do it. Yeah. Right. I ain't even touching that. You're totally right. Taking out, you're going to not only go do something that you hate, but you're going to be in debt, which means you can be stuck doing it. Right. You, you got to do it. You, you can't, can't jump. Yeah. You can't come. Oh, shoot. I didn't. I, I actually realized that I hate this work and the $500,000 wasn't even worth it. Well, no, you have to. You can't go switch and go, I'm going to be a software engineer now. No, because now you're in debt to the tune of your entire annual salary just to make that mistake. Oh, have you ever met someone that went to professional school? Well, of course. Uh, and and took out debt and then realized they didn't want to do it anymore? Yes. That's sad. Yes. It hurts me. I had a client years ago who had over $200,000. She was a uh, dentist, but had $200,000 in debt because of it. And she like being a dentist it didn't seem like it it seemed like that was just kind of what she yeah. had to do you know uh she didn't act like she loved being a dentist or anything yeah doesn't just, get worse than that no 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 all right so you ready for another one mm -hmm. this is from such turnover one nine four five all right here we did here it is this is a different one shifting gears should i marry him a guy just proposed to me should i marry him he's a good guy he doesn't drink smoke gamble party Okay. Uh, he has a good job. Bar's really high there. Here, here. All right. It's about to take a turn. <laughs> okay. It's about to take he a doesn't, turn. He doesn't have a crippling drug habit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I thought that. Right. Hopefully that was a given. Hopefully all those things. Hopefully he's not drinking, gambling, and partying. Yeah, yeah she's, she's raised the bar. He doesn't drink, smoke, or gamble, or party. All right. He has a good job. Here it comes. He has multiple wives. And I'm not sure if that's a good thing. It's legal in the country I live in. Um, well, legal isn't moral. Legality and morality don't are not synonymous. Okay. okay. So uh, it looks like I, that's that's a the way that that just ha <laughs> the the way that wraps up. But it's legal. <laughs> you know. That it's, should never legal that, that I forget that whether you need to be a sister wife or not, that shouldn't ever be needed to, and you should never have to say that to defend your argument. <laughs> right. Oh, I would say if you are saying it, you know, something's wrong. If you're talking about the legality of anything, whether you're something you did that you're defending, something that you're considering doing, something that somebody else offered you and you got to go, right, Sean, it is legal, right? You lose. Yeah, you're are you are that's not good. And you know, it's not good. Or you wouldn't be saying or it. you wouldn't be saying it. Because if you got to tell me, but it's legal, right? You know, man, come on, man. It's like, I've been smoking weed. weeds legal now. Okay. Yeah. Well, that probably doesn't, that doesn't mean that you should need to be doing it three times a day. Right. It's legal, dude. Right. Well, okay. A lot of things are legal. Yeah. And me laying on my couch all day long and eating Lay's potato chips for three yeah. out of three meals a day is legal. It's legal. Yeah. Le legality means nothing. That just means um, nobody's going to put you in a Who's gonna cage arrest you for, for it. it. Yeah. If that's your standard, if the, if the consequence that you're trying to avoid here is going to prison uh -huh. and that's all you care about well then we talk about legality if you're looking to align yourself to a, a purpose that is good if you're looking to get the most out of life 
then you're not talking about legality. So um, first of all, that already is, that's my only argument that I need. Second of all, um, I would generally say that if you're asking whether or not you should marry someone, if you're asking internet strangers whether or not you should marry someone, <laughs> then the answer is also going to be no. You got to turn to Reddit to yeah, see if you let should me marry ask people this that dude. Don't, let me, that, let me, the qualification is he doesn't drink and smoke. Let me ask some people that don't know this guy. <laughs> now, I'm guessing you asked your family and friends. Right. Okay. I'm going to assume that you already did ask that. Um, I would, I would ask them if you haven't yet and see what their take is. Um, if you don't have the ability to do that, uh, just remember this breakdown. We're over two on reasons right here. Uh, one is that you're asking us in the first place Two, he has multiple wives, not a good sign. Not going to be able to commit to you like a man should. Uh, God says one man and one woman. So we're going to go ahead and lean on that wisdom. All right. You ready for the next one? Yeah. This is from, uh, Let's Arrow. Do this one more arrow motel. Is it okay to take water from work? So now, this, so far I'm okay. So yeah. far I'm leaning towards a particular answer. <laughs> okay, All right. The water is ultra pure water that comes out of what I assume is a pretty expensive machine. The water I'd suppose is to be is uh, supposed to be used in experiments, and I'm taking it for my hair. <laughs> I work in a lab. Uh, would I think if there's a I've lab, changed my answer. Yeah, yeah, it's about to change. Uh, if you work in a lab, just so you know, if you have special water, there's a there's a lady there taking water for, for yeah. her hair. Uh, I work in a lab, and whenever I take it, I feel like I'm doing something wrong, and I hope I don't get caught. So generally speaking, I'm no longer a fan of people who take things out of labs. <laughs> <laughs> we had a whole issue Why? with that for a what couple you, years. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely no, don't take any bats out of labs. Um, taking the special water. Okay. So you had me in the first half taking the water. Uh, another rule of thumb, if you're generally, um, if generally speaking, if you are asking whether or not something is okay, <laughs> you know, can I do this? Or you're worried that you're going to get caught. You're worried. Am I going to get caught? Is this legal? <laughs> uh, well, maybe let's, let's, uh, let's act above reproach. Yeah. You know, so maybe, uh, I already, I'm, I'm that, I don't like it from that perspective. Second, um, sounds like it's not intended for you to, to take. Well, there, and there, here's, here's another, no, okay. here's the easy thing, the uh -huh, easy thing to uh -huh. do. You just ask them. That's exactly what I was going to say. There, there must be a reason them. she hasn't asked if yeah. she could take if some water. The fact that you're asking us and just not, not asking your employer, it, to me, it tells me that you know that it's wrong and uh, it's theft. Yeah, that's theft. Now, I, a lot of people get kind of uncomfortable when you point out to them that something that they're doing or something that they're considering doing is um, violates one of our very first 10 rules of life. Right. That we've been given. Right. Right. Because whether or not you believe you're following those rules and you recognize the merit of so, those society rules. is following society those rules. has certainly followed those rules for a long, long, well, long time. I would, I would right, so whether, nobody disagrees with the 10 commandments. Well, nobody, right. nobody, no, there's nobody out here. Let me, let me say this on, on that is those 
10 rules for life, let's call them, yes. existed before they got written down on tablets. Of course, tablets. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, society they, developed no, those. Nobody, right. nobody has, has had an issue with those right. ever. Right. Not for a long, 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 long time. Right. Whether you think Moses wrote them down on some tablets or not. So that's why you're asking the question, is this, what you're really asking is, is this theft? Right. Okay, which already leads me to believe there probably is. Mm-hmm. But people really don't like it, it with theft. People want to justify, and this is the case with all transgressions, with all sins. But, you know, it's not that damaging to the person that right. is on the other end. Well, some not nobody's really victimized that much. Right. And so I would imagine that part of this um this person's just internal justification, because if you're taking this over and over, this special water for your hair, um, there's some justification that's going on because I you know that it you already know that it's wrong, which is why you are not asking your employer directly and you're asking us on the internet. You already know it's wrong, so you've been justifying it to yourself. And I would imagine that what you're telling yourself is, well, it's free. I mean, come on, it's water. I mean, it's, it doesn't cost them anything. What's it going to hurt? Mm-hmm. Well, it is not up to you to judge the impact of your actions on others. It is not up to you to make a decision on whether or not something's permissible based on the impact that it has on other people. Is it wrong or not? Are you stealing or not? I don't care if it's a, a car or a stick of gum. Right. Theft is theft. Yeah. And, and it should be treated the same way. So if you're if you're stealing, I don't care if it's free water. If if you know that it's not for you, don't take it. If you're unsure whether or not it's a, a, able to be, uh, you can walk away with some, just ask your employer. And if you're too afraid to do that, then you know the answer. Hey, I like that. Get some get some difficult ones for me. You, you want me to find some I really hard ones? I want to have to think like those are uh, those people. Those those are so easy that the people who wrote them they know know the answer already. Well, you know, I brought that up to somebody the other day, and I I said most of the time when you're faced with a decision, you know the answer. you know the answer, and the real question is why aren't you doing that? What is causing you to seek to need validation? Mm-hmm. I, a friend of mine was having an issue. Um, with her, with one of her employees and, oh, this happened. I don't know. Should I fire him? Should I train him more? Should I give him another chance? Should I blah, 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 blah. And um, my other friends are saying, oh, you should do this. Or what about this? Or have you thought of this? Or tell me more about what happened. I need more information. And I just looked at her and said, you know what to do. Yeah. You know what to do. Why are we sitting here? You know what to do. Nine times out of 10, we know what the decision is is we know what we need to do we know what the right course of action is we need to ask not what should i do but why do i need other people to tell me someone put this to me really well there's a woman named karen she said to me when we seek advice from other people we are placing them on a pedestal above ourselves okay now sometimes that's good to say hey like you are someone with expertise and with wisdom and with knowledge that i don't have Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like your doctor. Like your doctor. Okay. You should ask your doctor for advice. Right. Right. But we definitely ask people for advice that shouldn't be on a pedestal above us. <laughs> and when you're asking internet strangers, that is the low. I mean, you are asking people who um, absolutely do not have any sort of qualification. Right. Um, and, and when 
you're sitting around asking, oh, should I fire this person or not? Well, you know, I don't know this person. <laughs> right. You do. You uh, you run your business. You run your life. You know these people who are involved. Um, you know the characters of this story. You are certainly the most qualified person to make this decision, and you know what's right. So you've, we've got to look inward and say, why am I unable to take action? Why am I unable to take the first steps in what I know to be the right course and the right path? Um, and there's a lot of different answers for that. Yeah, the, you know, I think going with the question of you know asking why are you not doing what you know you should be doing is, is really helpful. And one of the other things that, that I've, I've talked to people about is, is to say, you know, in your example, uh, she was having issues with a, a staff person, you know, should I get rid of the staff person or not? And if you frame it in a way to say, all right, if, if new buyers came into my company, bought my company out, now they're in charge, what would they do? Answer becomes pretty obvious. Oh yeah. Oh, they would can this person who's done this. They wouldn't put up with that, you know, because they don't have all the legacy issues that are giving you pause. They -hmm. would just make the right decision. Mm -hmm. Right. So that, that's sometimes helpful. Another way to say it, they don't have the emotional issues that are, Mm -hmm. that are coming up and acting as speed bumps and roadblocks getting in the way of that decision. Oh, but you know, they, I remember that one time. Yeah. Oh, but you know, what about, how is this going to impact their, our friendship, whatever. Right. right. And, yeah. and sometimes those are worth considering, but the right decision is, is usually the right decision. And sometimes you'll make the right decision and still feel bad about it. That doesn't oh, the, it happens all the time. Yeah. The fact that you make the right decision doesn't absolve you from the emotions that will happen that, that cause you some pain. Sometimes, sometimes the right decision causes you discomfort. There you go. Let's wrap it up on that. All right. Sometimes the right decision causes pain and discomfort. You cannot avoid the emotional toll of being responsible. There it is. You just made a great decision to listen to this episode of Decidedly. Make another great decision and leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate your support. It helps others find our community and defeat bad decision-making in their own lives. For more daily decision-making insights, check us out at decidedlypodcast.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Decidedly Podcast. Thanks again for listening. I'm Sanger Smith, and this is Decidedly. Insights, advice, and comments provided by Sean Smith, Sanger Smith, and speakers identified as part of the Decidedly Podcast should not be considered recommendations. Speakers not identified as members of Decidedly are expressing their opinion, and their statements should not be construed as reflecting the views of the Decidedly team. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes, not personalized advice.